section thirteen of the rover volume one number sixteen this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the rover volume one number sixteen edited by seba smith and lawrence labrie section thirteen lafayette and the indian girl mary one of the most beautiful and touching incidents connected with the visit of lafayette to this country eighteen years ago was his meeting with a certain indian woman in illinois what a romantic picture the whole life of that wonderful man presents it is a grand a sublime poem an epic of the highest order see the young at nineteen years of age taking his life in his hand embarking in his own ship crossing the wide ocean to draw his sword in the cause of a strange people of another tongue an infant nation struggling for freedom from bondage and warring for the great the inalienable rights of mankind see him shed his blood and pour out the treasures of his ample fortune like water to sustain that righteous and long doubtful contest see him at last with his fellow-laborers successful in their great work a nation is born and takes a high and honorable rank among the nations of the earth and the youthful hero returns to the bosom of his own land to watch over its changing destinies and throw his influence into the great cause of human rights and the general amelioration of his race see him again nearly half a century afterward when the young people he had helped to emancipate had grown up like magic into a great and powerful nation again in his old age crossing the ocean to witness with his own eyes the prosperity of his adopted land and to bless joseph before he died on his arrival see the whole nation rise up as one man to greet his coming and to shower blessings on his venerable head see him the nation's guest borne in triumphal cars from city to city and when he had reached the far west or what was at that day almost the borders of civilization behold an indian woman cometh out of the wilderness desiring to speak to him at the interview she draws from her bosom a letter a choice relic carefully preserved and presents to the distinguished stranger he opens it and finds a letter in his own hand with his own signature written by him fifty years before to a warrior of one of the western tribes who had done valuable service to the american cause in the fearful struggle of the revolution that warrior was the father of this woman he had preserved the letter as the apple of his eye till his dying day and then bequeathed it as a rich legacy to his daughter this interesting meeting between lafayette and the indian woman took place at kaskaskia illinois and the whole story was given in detail as follows by la Vasseur, the secretary of lafayette during his tour through the united states i was still among the indians questioning the hunter as to the situation and force of their tribes which civilization is rapidly diminishing when i saw the secretary of the governor of louisiana mr kerr approach who came to propose that i should go with him to visit an indian encampment at a very short distance from the village i consented 
and we set off immediately in order to return by the dinner hour leaving kaskaskia we crossed a river of the same name on a wooden bridge solidly built and firmly connected we then marched about twenty minutes on the plain to the entrance of a forest which we penetrated by a straight path traced along a rivulet as we advanced the ground suddenly elevated itself to the right and left and we quickly found ourselves in a kind of pass formed by a succession of small hills covered with thickets after about a quarter of an hour's walk we arrived at a fence which we climbed and behind which two horses attracted our attention by the noise of the bells hung round their necks a little further on the pass enlarging formed a delightful little valley in the middle of which some huts of bark were raised in a half-circle this was the indian camp we sought the openings of these huts were all toward the centre of the circle and the planks elevated about three feet from the ground were slightly inclined like the cover of a bed with the exception of a very old woman cooking at a fire in the open air we found no person in the camp either from spite or because she neither comprehended french or english this woman would reply to none of our questions and saw us with the greatest indifference look at and even handle all the objects which attracted our curiosity in the huts all was arranged with sufficient order and it was easy to recognize the places occupied by the women by the little utensils of the toilet such as looking-glasses pins bags of paint etc which we remarked there after a minute examination of this little camp we were about to leave it when i was arrested on the border of the streamlet which ran through it by the side of a small mill-wheel which appeared to have been thrown on the bank by the rapidity of the current i took it up and placed it where i thought it had been originally put by the children on two stones a little above the water and the current striking the wings made it turn rapidly this puerility which probably would have passed from my memory if from the same evening it had not placed me before the indians in a situation sufficiently extraordinary greatly excited the attention of the old woman who by her gestures expressed to us a lively satisfaction on returning to kaskaskia we found m de sion an amiable young frenchman of much intelligence who on the invitation of general lafayette left washington city with us to visit the southern and western states like us he had just made an excursion into the neighborhood and appeared quite joyous at the discovery he had made he had met in the midst of the forest at the head of a troop of indians a pretty young woman who spoke french very well and expressed herself with a grace at which he appeared as much astonished as we were she had asked him if it was true that lafayette was at kaskaskia and on his replying affirmatively she manifested a great desire to see him i always carry with me said she to m de sion a relic that is very dear to me i would wish to show it to him it will prove to him that his name is not less venerated in the midst of our tribes than among the white americans for whom he fought and in speaking thus she drew from her bosom a little pouch which enclosed a letter carefully wrapped in several pieces of paper it is from lafayette said she he wrote it to my father a long time since and my father when he died left it to me as the most precious thing he possessed at the sight of this letter m de sion proposed to the indian girl to go with him to kaskaskia assuring her that general lafayette would be very much pleased to see her but this proposition seemed to embarrass her 
and under various pretexts she refused to come however she added if you have anything to say to me this evening you will find me in my camp which is close by the village any one can direct you the way for i am well known at kaskaskia my name is mary this recital of m de sion excited my curiosity keenly and i would have willingly returned with him immediately to search for mary but at this moment a member of the committee of kaskaskia came to inform me that they were about to sit down to dinner and we saw general lafayette going out of colonel edgar's escorted by many citizens and crossing to colonel sweet's house where we were to dine we joined the procession and took our places at table where the general was seated under the canopy of flowers prepared by the ladies of kaskaskia with much skill and taste and which produced by the blending of the richest and most lively colors the effect of a rainbow i spoke to general lafayette of the meeting with the young indian girl and from the desire he manifested to see her i left the table with m de sion at the moment when the company began to exchange patriotic toasts and we sought a guide to mary's camp chance assisted wonderfully in directing us to an indian of the same tribe that we wished to visit conducted by him we crossed the bridge of kaskaskia and notwithstanding the darkness soon recognized the path and rivulet i had seen in the morning with mr care when we were about to enter the enclosure we were arrested by the fierce barking of two stout dogs which sprang at and would probably have bitten us but for the timely interference of our guide we arrived at the middle of the camp which was lighted by a large fire around which a dozen indians were squatted preparing their supper they received us with cordiality and as soon as they were informed of the object of our visit one of them conducted us to mary's hut whom we found sleeping on a bison skin at the voice of m de sion which she recognized she arose and listened attentively to the invitation of general lafayette to come to kaskaskia she seemed quite flattered by it but said before deciding to accompany us she wished to mention it to her husband while she was consulting with him i heard a piercing cry and turning round i saw near me the old woman i found alone in the camp in the morning she had just recognized me by the light of the fire and designated me to her companions who quitting immediately their occupations rushed round me in a circle and began to dance with demonstrations of great joy and gratitude their tawny and nearly naked bodies their faces fantastically painted their expressive gesticulations the reflection of the fire which gave a red tinge to all the surrounding objects everything gave to this scene something of an infernal aspect and i fancied myself for an instant in the midst of demons mary witnessing my embarrassment put an end to it by ordering the dance to cease and then explained to me the honours which they had just rendered me when we wish to know if any enterprise we meditate will be happy we place in a rivulet a small wheel slightly supported on two stones if the wheel turns during three suns without being thrown down the augury is favourable but if the current carried away and throws it upon the bank it is certain proof that our project is not approved by the great spirit unless however a stranger comes to replace the little wheel before the end of the third day you are the stranger who have restored our manitou and our hopes and this is your title to be thus celebrated among us in pronouncing these last words an ironical smile played on her lips which caused me to doubt her faith in the manitou you do not 
appeared to be very much convinced said i to her of the efficacy of the service which i have rendered you in raising the manitou i have been taught said she to place my confidence higher all my hopes are in the god i have been taught to believe in the god of the christians i had at first been much astonished to hear an indian woman speak french so well and i was not less so in learning that she was a christian mary perceived it and to put an end to my surprise she related to me her history while her husband and those who were to accompany her to kaskaskia hastily took their supper of maize cooked in milk she informed me that her father who was a chief of one of the nations who inhabited the shores of the great lakes of the north had formerly fought with a hundred of his followers under the orders of lafayette when the latter commanded an army on the frontiers that he had acquired much glory and gained the friendship of the americans a long time after that is about twenty years ago he left the shores of the great lakes with some of his warriors his wife and daughter and after having marched a long time he established himself on the shores of the river illinois i was very young then but have not yet however forgotten the horrible sufferings we endured during this long journey made in a rigorous winter across a country peopled by nations with whom we were unacquainted they were such that my poor mother who nearly always carried me on her shoulders already well loaded with baggage died under them some days after our arrival my father placed me under the care of another woman who also emigrated with us and occupied himself in securing the tranquil possession of the lands on which he had come to establish ourselves by forming alliances with our new neighbors the kickapoos were those who received us best and we soon considered ourselves as forming a part of their nation the year following my father was chosen by them with some from among themselves to go and regulate some affairs of the nation with the agent of the united states residing here at kaskaskia he wished that i should be of the company for although the kickapoos had shown themselves very generous and hospitable toward him he feared that some war might break out in his absence as he well knew the intrigues of the english to excite the indians against the americans this same apprehension induced him to accede to the request made by the american agent to leave me and his family to be educated with his infant daughter my father had much esteem for the whites of that great nation for whom he had formerly fought he never had cause to complain of them and he who offered to take charge of me inspired him with great confidence by the frankness of his manners and above all by the fidelity with by which he treated affairs of the indians he therefore left me promising to return to see me every year after the great winter's hunt he came in fact several times afterward and i notwithstanding the disagreeableness of a sedentary life grew up answering the expectations of my careful benefactor and his wife i became attached to their daughter who grew up with me and the truths of the christian religion easily supplanted in my mind the superstition of my fathers whom i had scarcely known yet i confess to you notwithstanding the influence of religion and civilization on my youthful heart the impressions of infancy were not entirely effaced if the pleasure of wandering conducted me into the shady forest i breathed more freely and it was with reluctance that i returned home when in the cool of the evening seated in the door of my adopted father's habitation i heard in the distance through the silence of the night the piercing voice of the indians rallying to return to camp i started with a thrill of joy and my feeble voice imitated the voice of the savage with a facility that affrighted my young companion and when occasionally some warriors came to consult my benefactor in regard to their treaties or 
hunters to offer him a part of the produce of their chase i was always the first to run to meet and welcome them i testified my joy to them by every imaginable means and i could not avoid admiring and wishing for their simple ornaments which appeared to me far preferable to the brilliant decorations of the whites in the meanwhile for five years my father had not appeared at the period of the return from the winter's hunting but a warrior whom i had often seen with him came and found me one evening at the entrance of the forest and said to me mary thy father is old and feeble he has been unable to follow us here but he wishes to see thee once more before he dies and he has charged me to conduct thee to him in saying these words he forcibly took my hand and dragged me with him i had not even time to reply to him nor even to take any resolution before we were at a great distance and i saw well that there was no part left for me but to follow him we marched nearly all night and at the dawn of day we arrived at a bark hut built in the middle of a little valley here i saw my father his eyes turned toward the just rising sun his face was painted as for battle his tomahawk ornamented with many scalps was beside him he was calm and silent as an indian who awaited death as soon as he saw me he drew from a pouch a paper wrapped with care in a very dry skin and gave it me requesting that i should preserve it as a most precious thing i wish to see thee once more before dying said he and to give thee this paper which is the most powerful charm manitou which thou canst employ with the whites to interest them in thy favour for all those to whom i have shown it have manifested toward me a particular attachment i received it from a great french warrior whom the english dreaded as much as the americans loved and with whom i fought in my youth after these words my father was silent next morning he expired skiop capet the name of the warrior who came for me covered the body of my father with the branches of trees and took me back to my guardian there mary suspended her narrative and presented to me a letter a little darkened by time but in good preservation stay said she to me smiling you see that i have faithfully complied with the charge of my father i have taken great care of his manner to you i opened the letter and recognized the signature and handwriting of general lafayette it was dated at headquarters albany june seventeen seventy eight after the northern campaign and addressed to panaskioa an indian chief of one of the six nations to thank him for the courageous manner in which he had served the american cause well said mary now that you know me well enough to introduce me to general lafayette shall we go to him that i may also greet him whom my father revered as the courageous warrior and the friend of our nations willingly i replied but it seems to me that you have promised to inform us in what manner after having tasted for some time the sweets of civilization you came to return to the rude and savage life of the indians at this question mary looked downward and seemed troubled however after a slight hesitation she resumed in a lower tone after the death of my father skiop capet often returned to see me we soon became attached to each other he did not find it difficult to determine me to follow him into the forest where i became his wife this resolution at first very much afflicted my benefactors but when they saw that i found myself happy they pardoned me and each year during all the time that our encampment is established near kaskaskia i rarely pass a day without going to see them if you wish we can visit them for their house is close by our way and you will see by the reception they will give me that they retain their esteem and friendship mary pronounced these last words with a degree of pride 
which proved to us that she feared that we might have formed a bad opinion of her on account of her flight from the house of her benefactors was tia cape we accepted her proposition and she gave the signal for departure at her call her husband and eight warriors presented themselves to escort us m de sillon offered her his arm and we began our march we were all very well received by the family of mr mesnard but mary above all received the most tender marks of affection from the persons of the household mr mesnard mary's adopted father was at cascastia as one of the committee charged with the reception of lafayette and mrs mesnard asked us if we would undertake to conduct her daughter to the ball which she herself was prevented from attending by indisposition we assented with pleasure and while mary assisted miss mesnard to complete her toilet we seated ourselves round the great fire in the kitchen scarcely were we seated when i saw moving in the corner a black mass of which i had at first a difficulty in recognizing the nature and form but after an attentive examination i found it was an old negro doubled by age his face was so much wrinkled and deformed by time that it was impossible to distinguish in it a single feature and i guessed the place of his mouth by a little cloud of tobacco smoke which escaped thence from time to time this man appeared to give great attention to the conversation which took place between us and a young man of mr mesnard's family when he understood that we travelled with general lafayette and that we came from st louis he asked if we had found many frenchmen there i replied that we had seen some and among others mr chateau the founder of the town what cried he with a loud voice which seemed not to belong to so decrepit a body what you found the little chateau oh i know him well so i do that little chateau we have travelled a great deal together on the mississippi and that at a time when very few of the whites had come this far but do you know said i that he whom you call the little chateau is very old that he is certainly more than ninety years of age oh i believe that well but what of that that does not prevent that i should know him well when a child of what age are you then of that i know nothing as they never taught me to count all that i know is that i left new orleans with my master who made part of the expedition sent by the navigation company of the mississippi under the orders of the young chateau to go and build a fort high up the river young chateau was hardly seventeen but he was commander of the expedition because his father was they said one of the richest proprietors of the company after having rowed a long time against the current and suffered great fatigue we arrived at last not far from here where we set about building fort chartres it seems as if i was now there i see from here the great stones which bore the great arches we built every one of us said here is a fort will last longer than us all and longer than our children i also believed it well and yet i have seen the last of it for it is now in ruins and i am yet living do you know sir how many years it is since we built fort chartres at least eighty years if i am not deceived will count and you will know very nearly my age i was then at least thirty years old for my little charton appeared to me a child i have already served three masters and i have suffered a great deal according to that account you are a hundred and ten years old daddy francis yes indeed i believe i am at least that for it is a long time that i have laboured and suffered how said the young man who was seated near him do you suffer now francis oh pardon me sir i speak not of the time i have lived in this house since i belong to mr mesnard it is very different i am now happy instead of serving others they all serve me 
mr mesnard will not even allow me to go and bring in a little wood for the fire he says that i am too old for that but i must tell the truth mr mesnard is not a master to me he is a man he is a friend the homage of the old slave rendered to the humanity of his master gave us a high idea of the character of mr mesnard while we were yet listening to old francis mary and miss mesnard came to inform us that they were ready and asked us if we would be on our way as it began to grow late we took leave of mrs mesnard and found our indian escort who had waited patiently for us at the door and who resumed their position near us at some distance in front to guide and protect our march as if we had been crossing an enemy's country the night was quite dark but the temperature was mild and the fireflies illuminated the atmosphere around us m de sillon conducted miss mesnard and i gave my arm to mary who notwithstanding the darkness walked with a confidence and lightness which only a forest life could produce the fireflies attracted and interested me much for although this was not the first time i had observed them i had never before seen them in such numbers i asked mary if these insects which from their appearance seemed so likely to astonish the imagination had never given place among the indians to popular beliefs or tales not among the nations of these countries where every year we are familiarized with their great numbers said she to me but i have heard that among the tribes of the north they commonly believe that they are the souls of departed friends who return to console them or demand the performance of some promise i even know several ballads on this subject one of them appears to have been made a long time since in a nation which lives farther north and no longer exists it is by songs that great events and popular traditions are ordinarily preserved among us and this ballad which i have often heard sung by the young girls of our tribe leaves no doubt as to the belief of some indians concerning the firefly i asked her to sing me this song which she did with much grace although i did not comprehend the words which were indian i observed a great harmony in their arrangement and in the very simple music in which they were sung an expression of deep melancholy when she had finished the ballad i asked her if she could not translate it for me into french so that i might comprehend the sense with difficulty she said for i have always found great obstacles to translating exactly the expressions of our indians into french when i have served them as interpreter with the whites but i will try and she translated nearly as follows the rude season of the chase was over and Tekaya, the handsomest the most skilful and bravest of the cherokee warriors came to the banks of the avalachi where he was expected by manahela the young virgin promised to his love and bravery the first day of the moon of flowers was to witness their union already had the two families assembled round the same fire given their assent already had the young men and women prepared and ornamented the new cabin which was to receive the happy couple when at the rising of the sun a terrible cry the cry of war sent forth by the scout who always watches at the summit of the hill called the old men to the council and the warriors to arms the whites appeared on the frontier murder and robbery accompanied them the store of fertility had not reached its noontide height and already antikaya had departed at the head of his warriors to repel robbery murder and the whites go said manahela to him endeavouring to stifle her grief go fight the cruel whites and i will pray to the great spirit to wrap thee with a cloud proof against their blows i will pray him to bring thee back to the banks of the avalachi there to be loved by manahela i will return to thee replied antakaya 
i will return to thee my errors have never disappointed my aim my tomahawk shall be bathed in the blood of the whites i will bring back their scalps to ornament the door of thy cabin then i shall be worthy of manahela then shall we love in peace then shall we be happy the first day of the moon of flowers had brightly dawned and many more had passed away and none had heard from antakaya and his warriors stooping on the shores of the avalachi the mournful manahela every evening raised to the evil spirits little pyramids of polished pebbles to appease their anger and to avert their resistance to her well-beloved but the evil spirits were inflexible and their violent blasts overthrew the little pyramids one evening of the last moon of flowers manahela met on the banks of the river a pale and bloody warrior die poor ivy said he to manahela die the noblest oak of the forest that proud oak under whose shade thou hope to enjoy repose and happiness is fallen it has fallen under the redoubled strokes of the whites in its fall it has crushed those who felt it but it is fallen die poor ivy die for the oak which was to give thee support is fallen two days after manahela was no more antikaya whose courage had been deceived by fate had fallen covered with wounds into the hands of the whites who carried him far away but he escaped and after wandering long through the forest he returned to mourn his defeat and meditate vengeance with manahela when he arrived she was no more agitated by the most violent despair he ran in the evening to the banks of the avalachi calling manahela but the echo alone replied to the accents of his grief o manahela he exclaimed if my arrows have disappointed my skill if my tomahawk has not spilt the blood of the whites if i have not brought thee their scalps to ornament the door of thy cabin forgive me it is not the fault of my courage the evil spirits have fought against me and yet i have suffered no complaint to escape me not a sigh when the iron of my enemies tore my breast i have not abased myself by asking my life they preserved it against my will and i am only consoled by the hope of one day avenging myself and offering thee many of their scalps o menahela come if but to tell me that thou pardonest me and that thou permittest me to follow thee into the world of the great spirit at the same instant a vivid light pure and lambent appeared to the eyes of the unfortunate antikaya he saw in it the soul of his beloved and followed it through the valley during all the night supplicating it to stay and to pardon him at the dawn of the day he found himself on the border of a great lake the light had disappeared and he believed that it had passed over the water immediately although feeble and fatigued he made a canoe of the trunk of a tree which he hollowed and with a branch he made a paddle at the end of the day his work was achieved with the darkness the deceptive light returned and during all the night antikaya pursued the delusion on the face of the unsteady waters but it again disappeared before the light of the sun and with it vanished the slight breath of hope and the life of antikaya mary ended her ballad and i expressed to her my thanks as we arrived at the bridge of kaskaskia there skiakape collected his escort said a few words to his wife and left us to enter the village alone we approached the house of mr morrison at which the ball was given to general lafayette i then felt that mary trembled her trouble was so great that she could not conceal it from me i asked her the cause if you would spare me a great mortification she said you will not conduct me among the ladies of kaskaskia they are now without doubt in their most brilliant dresses and the coarseness of my clothes will inspire them with contempt and pity 
two sentiments which will equally affect me besides i know that they blame me for having renounced the life of the whites and i feel little at ease in their presence i promised what she desired and she became reassured arrived at mr morrison's i conducted her into a lower chamber and went to the hall to inform general lafayette that the young indian girl awaited him below he hastened down and several of the committee with him he saw and heard mary with pleasure and could not conceal his emotion on recognizing his letter and observing with what holy veneration it had been preserved during nearly half a century in a savage nation among whom he had not even supposed his name had ever penetrated on her part the daughter of panaskawia expressed with vivacity the happiness she enjoyed in seeing him along with whom her father had the honor to fight for the good american cause after a half hour's conversation in which general lafayette was pleased to relate the evidences of the fidelity and courageous conduct of some indian nations toward americans during the revolutionary war mary manifested a wish to retire and i accompanied her to the bridge where i replaced her under the care of skiacape and his escort and bade them farewell End of section 13